Welcome to the Think TLH podcast brought to you by the Knight Creative Communities Institute. This is a show about innovators, creative thinkers, and individuals that are making transformative change here in Tallahassee, Florida. When I recently visited the Ringling Museum of Art, it felt warm and inviting, and there was this incredible glass pavilion itself that oozed a creative artistic vibe. And I thought, who designed this world-class space? And it was none other than Tallahassee-based architects Lewis and Whitlock. This firm is not only an architecture and design firm, but they are also creating micro-communities one building at a time. It is not surprising that architects Lewis and Whitlock was founded on the idea that architecture can serve as a bridge between nature, culture, and people. We are excited today to have with us former Knight Creative Community Catalyst, Alana Taylor and Ryan Sheplack. Community Catalysts are change agents who work together under the leadership of KCCI to enhance Tallahassee's sense of place. Alana is project manager and designer at Architects Lewis and Whitlock. Ryan is a project manager and designer at Architects Lewis and Whitlock. Stay with us to hear how they have used art to enhance placemaking across the state. Ryan, first, tell us a little bit about some of the recent projects that you've worked on. Let's start with the Ringling Museum of Art project. Yeah, so the Kotler Coval Glass Pavilion, it was um, it was a entrance pavilion, so it's essentially the first thing you're seeing when you get to the museum. Alana, you also worked on this project and Tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the beginning design stages and brainstorms. So the fins are important not only because they're kind of this sculptural art piece, but what was really fascinating is the way they really started to tell the story that we started with in the beginning is we started looking at glass, the history of glass, how glass is made. We started thinking about this is one of our first projects kind of really far out of Tallahassee and near the coast. And so we were looking at the ripples in the sand and then Ryan kind of got this crazy idea that that could transform into the fins that start to protect the art um, in a largely transparent facade. Yeah, and it was also kind of creating this balance between what the client desired. I mean, the client wanted their art to be on showcase and be able to see it from the street and a highly transparent facade. And, you know, being in the climate that the project was in Sarasota, we had to you know, take into account the daylight and how harsh the sunlight is. And so using that kind of to an advantage, um, we looked at, you know, multiple different options for how to handle that facade to control the sunlight. And that's kind of where we ended up. But And you also were able to design a space that appeals to a broad range of international visitors, Absolutely. residents, ages. Yeah. You know, I know yeah. from kids to adults, it's yeah. like when and we were there, you leave, everybody leaves with a certain feeling. Yeah, and so the, the pavilion also um, serves as overflow space for the um, historic Asalo Theater. Um, also, it, it serves as kind of this um, intermediate space when you get to the museum. So they needed places for um, incoming parties or incoming guests to kind of queue um, and get after they get their tickets, and then they kind of go and meander through the space. So it is the first thing they see when they get to the museum, which is pretty pretty awesome. I mean, you're getting people from all over, and that's the first thing they see. That's exactly what you did. Tell us a little bit about Architects Lewis and Whitlock and your roles there. Well, um, I've been there about six years, and 
I think that in many ways my role hasn't changed. I think at ALW from day one, you get to kind of actively be part of the design process. I think on a daily basis, um, no matter what role you're playing in the office, you're constantly designing, constantly problem solving. Um, I think my day-to-day has changed a little bit. Um, I'm on site more. I'm dealing with contractors more, consultants more. Um, But it all goes back to like kind of those last few hours of the day where you can get back to your desk and just think about the project you're working on and how you can make it better, whatever phase you're in. Yeah, and I would say same with me. I mean, everyone, everyone at our firm has, you know, a very keen design sense. We're all really focused on kind of the details when it comes to a project, and we're all very creative. So you can see that through all of our projects, whether myself or Alana or whoever is working on the project. We kind of take pride in that. Absolutely. Yeah. And have you ever thought about the spaces that you're creating and how they are micro-communities? I think the fact that we have a lot of projects on FSU's campus and we're able to see these kind of little nodes of our work kind of pop up throughout the campus, it's an even bigger, or it's almost even more evident than even we see in Tallahassee as a whole. So we've kind of got the micro community of Florida State that we're transforming, as well as the downtown area that now we have three or four projects popping up in. Um, And it is pretty cool to like drive through and you just start to see these like moments and it can be kind of like if you're seeing a new development within kind of an old area, but we start to see like how are kind of and maybe it's sculptural again like not nearly as sculptural as the glass pavilion is but the sense of kind of these moments of i don't want to say kind of intervention mm-hmm. sort of yeah and and there's a clear design sense that i think that you can tell that when you're driving past something that's an alw project and yeah. i don't know if it's clean lines maybe the attention to detail that ryan touched on before but there's just something unique and different about it, and I think it is because we we really think through kind of every component of it and leave no no leaf unturned. Well, we, we kind of focus on, you know, obviously how the occupant uses the space, and that's kind of the foremost, most important thing, but then also how the community kind of portrays the project or portrays the building, um, and then also how the community interacts with the building too. So there's kind of these different levels and you know it touches on that micro community too. You're, you have a micro community within the building, outside the building, and then kind of the broader context of the building. Um, and that goes for every project too. And that starts, as far as the architecture side of it, it starts very, very early on, kind of in the design phase, the early conceptual design. And if you can get all of those different aspects of the building, those kind of levels to work together, that's like the prime just the prime outcome for a project. And we strive to kind of do that for every project. Some work better than others, but it's always there. There's no hiding from it. I really can't think of a project we've done recently that we haven't been actively involved in the programming of the space. Like it's rare, I think, for us to have a client that comes and says like, hey, I want five offices in a conference room and do this. Like they're really coming to us because they're like, hey, our space is not quite as big as we wanted and we really want to fit these different programs into it and then we start overlapping and figuring out how all of that's going to work. And so I think that I think that the way that we can be involved in kind of the creation of the space even invests us further in it. Yep. And really, I, I, I tease a lot of my clients that I'm like, okay, I'll be here Monday through Friday, like hanging out, working here. And, <laughs> you know, the spaces we've created are just really great to experience and enjoy. And we want to be there. You really can sense that, whether it's walking into the Jim Moran Institute, 
and the vibe that it gives off, you know, supporting this entrepreneurship and how it does. It, it's this creative space, but it also is connecting with the people and the uses or whether it's a restaurant that you've created and how it promotes conversation and a true dining experience. I think I like to feel like we leave our projects with a little bit of a blank slate element to it where we've really we've really left it knowing that someone's going to bring that sense of community into it and we're giving kind of we're planting the seeds for that and we're giving kind of a canvas for people to bring their own components to but we really love to see the way our spaces evolve and um, going back and back to Domi through the years as it's evolved has just been an incredible experience and then you know we've gotten into so many innovation projects from the Domi experience and so it's like not only are we seeing Domi evolve but we're seeing how they affected our kind of entrepreneurial community and really jump-started that into the spaces we are now being hired to work on. And Domi is a great example of a space that you created that truly formed a micro-community and started the entrepreneurship momentum that we've seen here in Tallahassee. Definitely. I want to I wanna call it almost like, is it a micro-community or is it the like seed that like reconnects the whole community like and I guess maybe that's like the most successful micro community is when you kind of brought people from all these different places together so then they go out and start creating these micro communities that build our full community or a bigger community right and continue growing and Mm -hmm. it just propels that momentum it also connects our community too I mean you look at it kind of from the inside out and how it how it connects us to Austin it connects us to Chicago New York Silicon Valley and you know all of these different um, entrepreneurial centers that are, you know, popping up all over the world and country, it starts to put us on the map as far as that community is concerned. Um, and we see that from, you know, every project that we work on too. We want, we want whichever project we're working on to have a broader connection to what's happening in other cities and what what is kind of the upfront and kind of the up and up of what's happening. So. To be relevant nationally, for yeah. sure. Um, I think, I think even incorporating living walls and some of the biophilic design that we've um, started to bring into projects, um, I think it starts to connect to like trends that are happening across the nation. Um, and it says that Tallahassee is not just a small southern town, but it's part of kind of this bigger whole. Were there any of those national trends that you were able to incorporate into the dining experience at Tallahassee's newest restaurant, Illuso, which you all have designed that space? Um, I think that, I don't know if you saw the clip recently, Terry and Craig just spoke to WTXL, but they definitely wanted to bring that kind of out-of-town dining experience, um, that sense of just classic elegance to downtown Tallahassee. Um, I think that we've actually kind of brought an old world feel to the finishes in that space. Um, And I think that in some ways, I want to say it really speaks to Tallahassee. It really speaks to bringing those wood tones in that are evident in the chain of parks outside. And I think that, I think maybe the national trend right now is staying local and that we've really done that. We even have the party room um, kind of themed to be a little bit more southern traditional and we want to have old photos of Tallahassee's kind of downtown area on the walls in there so kind of like an old um, foyer in a plantation house Um, so there's kind of some elements of theme that even though it's an Italian steakhouse we're kind of really trying to ground it in Tallahassee and in downtown Tallahassee so I think the national trend we're falling into is staying local love it I love it 
Both of you are working on creating the new Oglesby Student Union at Florida State University. What is it like to be instilling change not only in the greater Tallahassee area, but also on this major college campus? Well, it's a huge project, and it's a it's a game changer. I mean, it's a very, very large, complex project. As far as kind of the context of FSU and the the change that it can promote through FSU, I think is infinitely beyond what we imagine it's going to be. And really the goal was to create a space that is kind of this, like Alana had said, this blank canvas. It's it's not really a blank canvas, but it is in a sense a blank canvas um, that, you know, it it really is kind of, um, can't think of the words for it. It's kind of... It's basically creating the space for the students to come in and just yeah. expand upon. And I think that even the entire process. So we're working with a firm from Milwaukee who specializes in student unions. Um, But we have been master planning this union with FSU for the last 15 years, I think. Um, So between those efforts, kind of studying what the students need and what the student space could be, we really the programming again, we the students were involved very early on, the faculty was involved, the staffs. This is just almost been like all the pieces are falling together and it's the teamwork that you know really is required to make it happen but everyone's been involved and so honestly it's almost like the coordination of the people as much as the coordination of the spaces but I do think that we just have an incredible team on this and it was like ripe for this like the entire campus has been built up around a pretty old complicated poorly able to be walked through student union and I think everything that's happened on FSU's campus in the last 15 years has just prepared us for this moment and now it's just finally happening. And I think with with the union too creating a space that was you know really flexible and in its use and it's kind of a trend that you're seeing throughout campuses all over the country is a building is going to be transformed into a different program or a different function over its life cycle and creating a space that has that ability to change or it has that ability to kind of, you know, last over a century is just so important. And it was really important for FSU too. And, um, you know, as far as sustainability is concerned and everything, tearing down buildings is not, it's not sustainable. And so that was kind of the goal also for this union was to create a, a building and a space that can, you know, last just decades after decades for them and it's very well planned and thought out. And I think that FSU is really dedicated to this being like a long lasting building. Um, they don't wanna build a new building every 20 years. You know, there's there's kind of a heritage to it and also um, a sustainability, a sustainability to creating a 50 year building. But when you think about technology changing every six months, you have to like build in that flexibility we're talking about. Mm-hmm. and. Um, so I think where you've got a really, really amazing building coming into play, um, two two main kind of cores holding functions, and then a central gathering space that's just going to be, I think, one of the coolest spaces in Tallahassee. I think it's going to attract people, um, alumni, locals, visitors, students. Um, it's going to be three or four stories of kind of four stories, four stories of. Food, dining, bowling, Club Down Under is going to get a new, really incredible space. Um, and that speaks to, like, 
the local gems that kind of see Tallahassee focused on is just that club down under, you know, even them thinking about closing it or needing a new space for two years because we're going to be redesigning the space and it's going to be gone for a while. And it's been really cool to see club down under kind of create these pop-ups. Um, I know that they have a bunch of shows planned while we're in construction just around the city. And so again, kind of like Domi, you know, you're seeing this micro community of the music scene as it expands out, but absolutely. Alana, talk a little bit more. You were part of KCCI's Community Catalyst Project, C Tallahassee. And in that project, you created a series of murals and a map that worked to connect the community with all of our different places. So, for instance, you know, one of the things you did was create a mural on Thomasville Road that promoted the Midtown area. Talk a little bit about the map and the murals. So when we got into the room the first day, the Catalyst seminar, um, we were gifted the challenge of wayfinding um, in Tallahassee. And we had a really heated debate about what does wayfinding mean? There's not even a full definition of it in the dictionary. And how do we transform this? Um, and we, we realized we got a chance to define what wayfinding was. Um, and we took it as almost this PR campaign for Tallahassee's local gems. So we um, were kind of connected with the city at the time who was really trying to better define the different districts, the different things we have to offer as a city as a whole, but also kind of special nodes and zones. Um, and Midtown is something that I live and work in, and it was close kind of to everyone's heart. Um, Downtown is still growing, but Midtown has really been activated, I think, from some of KCCI's previous projects, too. Um, so we started with Midtown, and I think we just wanted to highlight these kind of local gems, these hidden moments, and we really felt like the businesses that were already thriving, the public spaces that were already thriving in Midtown just need to be highlighted. It wasn't like we need to create anything. We just need to say, hey, remember, this is you know an amazing place you can... You can see, so of course we couldn't touch on everything, but we tried to kind of highlight different categories or different elements. So we had um, Lake Ella on there, of course, and Fifth Avenue's music scene. And then we just, we worked with local artists and then worked with Street Art Tallahassee to actually get it painted. But Stephanie Kodrowski and myself kind of were like, hey, we need to get this going. Um, a big thing with KCCI is we have a year, we have to get started. Um, and so we just sat down one night and we're like, okay, these were the spaces kind of we picked as a group and let's get them on here. And we used Canva and just kind of got it going. And it was really cool. It was amazing to be a part of the process with Street Art Tallahassee and Chia. And we projected on the wall and we all got out there and outlined and then we had a paint day. And once we got all the pieces in place, kind of like with the student union, once all the pieces were in place, um, we just got out there and did it. And it was really great. I think our first mural might have been the most successful because we were just like, okay, we have to make this happen and this is, it's, we're going to do it. Um, it's also in an awesome location. Like, yeah. It's on the main corridor taking you into Midtown and then, you know, further down into downtown. So. And hundreds of thousands of cars yeah. have driven by that Absolutely. space. It's been great. Um, and I guess our south side or South City mural was next, and um, that one was great. We used Libby Armstrong on that, a local graphic designer, and um, it's it's beautiful. It's kind of hidden by trees right now. I'm a little disappointed by that, but um, everyone can take a look at it as they cross the new pedestrian bridge, which, again, 
I can't believe that's happened and just I'm so excited about all the development that's happened down there. We as a firm got to be a part in the early stages of Happy Motoring as well and so that was really cool to get a chance to look at renovating, restoring that old gas station into the kind of cool public space it is. Definitely one of the projects I like to hang out at. Um, So yeah, if you're on the pedestrian bridge, you can take a look down at the orange building and kind of glimpse the mural through the trees. Um, But I think that beyond our murals, the artistic map that we did with um, a former local, born and raised, um, Max Pepper was a graphic designer who now lives in New York. And he worked with our team kind of, again, we identified what we wanted to show on the map and then he laid it out. It's not to scale, it's artistic, it's fun. Um, It kind of reminded me again throughout this process how much I love Tallahassee and how much we have to offer from what I will always refer to as the Junior Museum, the Tallahassee Museum of Natural History and Science, for those newer to town. And the zip lining out there is so cool. We were able to touch on kind of our proximity to the coast with some really cool graphics of the Apalachical oysters. And Bradley's Country Store has always been here. We got that on there. And then again, a lot of the places we've talked about already. Um, yeah, it's just really cool to see it all kind of laid out on an 11 by 17, or if you visit the airport, um, four foot by six foot poster of the map. Yeah, and it was cool because that had not been done before. And it was, we had all these different kind of hidden gems within Tallahassee, and there was no way of kind of visually knowing where they are and what relation to your house they are. And just getting it onto the map and, you know, saying, here's what we have to offer was like something that hadn't been done. And I mean, it's just pretty cool. And, and so, it was obviously yeah. needed, you yeah, know, just something needed. to have a quick mm. snapshot of the community's highlights and some of our local natural attributes as well. I've been really happy with the fact that it is just available. And I think it's available through y'all's website. Um, download anything. It's just kind of public public for everyone to use. And that's, I think, something that makes Tallahassee special. I think we're really good about creating kind of free community spaces that we can use and occupy. Absolutely. And Alana, you mentioned Cascades Park and the pedestrian bridge. And Ryan, that leads into the KCCI project that you worked on Mm -hmm. and you were able to use your artistic abilities to really help move the needle on that project. And of course, with your project, the challenge was to kind of bring new life into the popular hashtag I Heart Tally campaign, but also to create an iconic structure that would instill pride in the community and be this new urban park space so Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about the tlh project yeah so that was it was very interesting it was very kind of it didn't seem like it was just a year project it seemed like it was five six ten years i mean in the but you did it in a year yeah we did it in a year it was so i kind of took it you know early on when we first started out i kind of took it as as i do any project that comes to the office as an architecture kind of problem that needs to be solved or a um, challenge, an architectural challenge. Um, And of course we had an amazing team of just people who were from all over kind of the walks of different professions to help it out. Um, But kind of the early stages we were, you know, we were faced with this kind of challenge that we had to solve and it was where we were gonna put it, where we're gonna put the sculpture, what it's gonna look like. Um, And, you know, the early stages we had scouted out different locations we looked at cascades park we looked at um, lake anita which was kind of uh, west of cascades park and identifying these locations kind of listing out their attributes what works what doesn't work 
why it doesn't work. Um, and then looking at, you know, how, if we were to place that sculpture in those locations, how it would have an impact on kind of the community, you know, the direct community that's adjacent to the sculpture, but also the community in a broader sense. And just kind of going through quickly, Cascades Park, you know, it's, it's filled with a lot of activity. It has, you know, it has that going for it. It has Discovery at Cascade. It has that. It has the um, different memorials. So it had a lot going for it, but inserting this TLH sculpture into the mix would just, it would almost complicate things. And so looking at, you know, the location that makes sense, we, we finally settled on a uh, utility easement, which was never going to be developed. Um, it was owned by the city, which made things easier for us as far as obtaining the property. And it was in kind of this just unique location at the end of a corridor that leads you to FAMU um, and also South Monroe, kind of that district that was emerging. And fixating on that location, we kind of found out that, you know, by putting it here, it would just completely activate the entire community in that area and also provide a kind of beacon for activity and kind of a beacon for what that side of town had to offer. And I would say it's been a beacon for what Tallahassee as a whole offers. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And looking at the design, I mean, Visit Tallahassee and the city of Tallahassee was a partner in this project and they had very strict guidelines as far as branding, as far as what they wanted out of the sculpture. Early in design, we had looked at, you know, probably 50 or 50 or 60 different options for how it could actually look. Um, many were cool, many were ugly, many were easy to construct, and many were going to cost $100,000 to construct. So we had a kind of budget constraint that we had to deal with too. And so Cosby Hayes and I, we kind of sat down and looked over our different options and settled on TLH, which is, you know, of course, the airport code, um, and also it signifies, you know, talent lives here. So that was kind of a broader message versus just putting I Heart Tally out there. What we had ended up doing was we just went with TLH, kind of figured out a, what size would be appropriate and, you know, creating something that's monumental, it needs to be tall. And so we, you know, 11 foot tall, and we ended up looking at, you know, how we can handle the, the letters, TLH letters, and we settled on materials that were kind of apparent in that area so going further through design looking at how this sculpture kind of evolves throughout time and stands the test of time just as Tallahassee does um, going with the weathering steel was perfect and then also cypress so we it's a cypress kind of liner and then it made constructability just easy so from there it went up when you also looked at the design of how it would blend with the natural elements and complement yes. them but it I think it, you have an element of surprise as well with the sculpture being illuminated from yeah. the inside at night. So Absolutely. do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so incorporating the kind of needs of the city Tallahassee and what they were wanting from the project, the I Heart Tally, the hashtag I Heart Tally, um, hashtag Tallahassee, and ways to connect the sculpture to the people. Um, we integrated that into the, the sculpture through perforations in the faces of the letters. And so it's internally illuminated and when it lights up at night, you can see those kind of um, hashtags through the sculpture. So it, it provides that connection and also um, it just creates kind of this awesome glowing kind of 
sculpture out there, which is really cool. It truly becomes that beacon. Yeah. Like I've walked from Happy Motoring to Cascades at night, and I think that the location really became ideal because it was nestled right at this midway point. Um, FAMU Way has kind of really been well-developed. Um, we have the bike trail that runs through Cascades, and so this kind of ends it up being like another node, like right in the center of that that connects them. In a few short months, TLH has already been called an icon of Tallahassee by WCTV. It has landed on the cover of our Greater Tallahassee Chamber of Commerce. There have been lines during graduation with students waiting to take pictures really? in their cap and gown. I didn't know that. I mean, how does that make you That's feel awesome. to have been part of something that truly within a couple months has become this icon of our Tallahassee community? Well, that was that was the goal of our project. And I mean, it's, it's kind of the result of a lot of hard work, a lot of hours spent. Um, and it's really cool to see to see it popping up everywhere. That was the mission of our project, um, creating a, an icon that the broader community can relate to, it can tie back to. And it's it's kind of this unifying element of not only the south side of town, but the north side of sound, town with the south side of town, as well as the student community. And it, it kind of serves as this just beacon for connection throughout the entire community, which is... It's very awesome. And seeing it on the cover was probably the coolest thing I've ever experienced. So I think it needs to be added to the artistic map, too. It should. It is. It's on the top 50 list on the back, but it should be we on the need, front. We need a drawing of it. We need to add it in there. That's yeah. a great idea to add that on the front. Yeah, Ryan, sketch that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both for being with us and for sharing your talents, not only with international visitors who get to experience your spaces, but with locals alike, you know, you're truly, you are part of the ALW team that is building a legacy of design excellence and impacting current and future generations with the spaces and the micro communities that you're creating. Thank you both for taking the time to talk with us today. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Think TLH podcast from the Knight Creative Communities Institute. If you want to learn more or hear other episodes, go to kcci.tallahassee.com forward slash thinktlh. Please also subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, give us a review. And for more updates, follow us at KCCI Tallahassee on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check back every Thursday for another episode of Think TLH. Our show is produced and edited by Allison Levitt, and I'm Betsy Couch, and you've been listening to the Think TLH podcast from the Knight Creative Communities Institute.